this is Fiona, one of the co-hosts of the DM's Book Club, a weekly book club podcast where we read about some Dungeons & Dragons and discuss how we might include them in our role-playing campaigns. In this episode, I interviewed Chris Hanley, host of Darker Days Radio podcast and freelance game designer and writer about the latest expansion to the award-winning Iron Kingdom's Requiem, The Nightmare Empire, published by Privateer Press. Journey to the lands of undead with Nightmare Empire. This book expands the setting of Iron Kingdom's Requiem, with a comprehensive region to explore, one with its own stories, intrigue and perils for characters to experience, all while travelling on the high seas. I was lucky enough to interview Chris before about his work on Iron Kingdom's last series, so do go check out that interview as well if you are interested. You can find links to Privateer Press, Darker Days Radio and Chris's other work in the episode description. Thanks again, and I hope you enjoy. Let's start off with an easy question. I know you've been on before, Chris, but just in case those people haven't listened to that uh, interview, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, I'm Chris Hanley, a freelance writer for, <laughs> at this point, uh, Private Press, <laughs> uh, which will be talking about their products, uh, Cubicle 7. So I've worked on the Warhammer RPGs on all three of them, and mm-hmm. I would hope at some point I might work on the next 40k RPG that's coming out as well. I can't say anything about that one. I don't know anything. Um, and then uh, I've worked on Vampire the Masquerade for Onyx Path and Changeling the Lost Second Edition and a few other bits and bats here and there for other people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, and I podcast for Dark Days Radio. Yeah. Just as a side hustle, just in general, by the way, I also do this. Yeah. So obviously last time you were on, we talked about Iron Kingdom's Requiem that was coming out. Now that is out. I have very kindly from you got the hard copies, which have been an excellent read. But we're going to talk about today the expansion that you've been working on, the Nightmare Empire. So in case they haven't listened to that previous interview or are not sure, what is Iron Kingdom's and how does it stand out from other RPGs? Okay, so Iron Kingdoms is a fantasy RPG setting for uh, D&D 5th edition. In its third iteration, because it was originally released back in D20, like, God, now we're talking 20 years ago, maybe Mm -hmm. more, 25. And the iterations it had, so it was a D20 system, then it used its own system, which was based on the war game. So there's a war game that goes with it called War Machine. And essentially the setting is... It takes some of the tropes that we understand from Tolkien-esque kind of fantasy settings. It does some remixes with that and turns things on its head and introduces some other elements that we might consider more eldritch horror in there as well. But the main big thing you go, hold on a minute, that's different, is the world is essentially on the cusp of, or in the process of starting its industrial revolution. Mm -hmm. So it's fantasy, but some of the cities you would go, they look a bit kind of, kind of Dickensian element to it into early Victorian period. So I often compare Iron Kingdoms to fantasy mixed with sharp. Mm. So you've got firearms, You've got steam engines. You've got quite a lot of recognizable technology. How that technology operates is slightly different because there is alchemy in the setting and there is, of course, magic. And that's the big thing. You've got magic. And what they've done is they in the setting is you take magic and magic is dangerous in this setting. It is not mm. like, oh, I'm going to open this lock with magic or light a candle. Like yeah. In Iron Kingdoms, if you try to do that, you're not going to light the candle you're gonna you're gonna explode it and the person holding the candle as well (laughs) so 
because magic is so powerful, mm. the way to do these mundane things is they essentially use a combination of alchemy and a form of magical technology combination to create devices that channel energy into a usable contraption. So, you know, rather than a lamp, you've got a lamp that has an alchemical condenser or something like that that channels magical energy into it to create light. Mm -hmm. And of course, the poster boys, girls, things for this technology are steam jacks, which are essentially golems. They have a form of AI Again, there is, you know, alchemy and, and magical technology to create their kind of the, their cortices, their brains. And they're bipedal for the most part, walking beasts of burden slash weapons of warfare. Mm. And so that's pretty much the setting. We're now at the point where we've had three Kickstarters for mm. that game. Then what I worked on, because I didn't yes. work on that, no, I, I worked on <laughs> the Borderlands and Beyond, which you helped playtest a few things I for. I did, yes, yeah. What we've got there is we look at, we go beyond the boundaries of the core human kingdoms mm -hmm. of, of the Iron Kingdom. So that's Signar, Kador uh Lael and Ord, and we go into what's considered the more fringe kingdoms. So we've got Rule, yep. which is the kingdom of the dwarves. We've got Eos, which is the Elven Kingdom. Mm -hmm. And then we go into places like the Glimmerwoods uh, and the Bloodstone Marches and places like that. So that's where you've got not completely the more rural folk tradition kind of societies yeah. because the people that make up these groups are the bogrin who are bigger goblins mm -hmm. and then you've got the pharaoh who <laughs> hilarious they're pig people yeah. and so you can play those we've got mm -hmm. idrians or humans that live out in the wilderness in the deserts you've got pygmy trolls because of course in the core book you can play troll the troll yep. kin you can also play as pygmy trolls and you can play as the soulless so they are elves that don't have souls because there's a whole thing that's gone down with their gods are all dead they've mm. lost all their souls mm. and it's pretty bad time so the elven kingdom of eos to bring people up to date before uh, has gone to hell and pretty much either you're born without a soul or any of the elven priesthood and other people that make you know worked out the the rituals to do it have become a form of undead known as eldritch so they've gone from being mm. a, an elven kingdom to being an undead elven kingdom Ooh. which is quite novel yeah and then of course in that book we've got shamanic traditions we've got the warlocks that control war beasts and do magic through them we've got bone grinders which are an alchemist but where you're grinding up herbs spices gizzards anything you get from beasties some new subclasses for barbarians mm -hmm. clerics more backgrounds more adventuring companies about all the various war beasts and how they work so that's a big book of stuff and allows mm. you to Basically, it's the start of characters that would exist in the wilderness, mm. in more of the wilderness. Again, all this stuff you could drop into any D&D game anyway. <laughs> so that's a lot already. And then yeah. we're up to Nightmare Empire, which is insane. So let's talk about what the hell a Nightmare Empire is. Right? If you're new to the Iron Kingdoms. Yeah, it feels like the, um, like you said, like Iron Kingdoms itself, like I think, yeah, you can drop it into anything, but it's such an interesting setting as well, because I do think players do rely on magic so much. And I like that idea of having magic is dangerous because it is dangerous. I think we've just got maybe complacent with it. Yes. So this idea of like, you know, you've got your guns, you've got your steam power and all that sort of thing, but magic is just 
bonkers and stuff. So yeah, so already I think people are, I, I certainly am intrigued by it and I'm just, yeah, and all these different ways of perceiving the world and not having that reliance on magic and only using it in the most desperate of times. But yeah, let's talk about Nightmare Empire then. So one of the other Iron Kingdoms is the island of Crix, is the Empire of Crix. So there's these, off the western coast of Cador, Ord and Stignar is an archipelago of islands called the Shard Isles, and then this main island called Crix. And it's kind of like most of the islands are a bit tropical, mangroves and so forth. It's sweltering, it's horrible, there's horrible beasts there, etc. Now, one of these, I would say, almost eldritch entities in the setting is Toruk, who is this freaking giant dragon. And I mean massive. We are talking humongous. And this dragon is able to make people undead by just like immolating them with green fire and they become ghosts or whatever. So he's able to mm. breathe undeadness into them. Mm-hmm. All the way back in the history of Iron Kingdoms, when humans at one point, so this is like 660 years ago in the setting, were under the shackles of the Orgoth, who were a demon-worshipping invader faction. And so... What happened was the humans didn't have magic. They only had divine intervention and clerics. Suddenly learned magic. They had the spark of magic. They used that magic to create massive warjacks, and they sent the Orgoth packing. Hurrah. Torok took that opportunity and went, hey, you know where those Orgoth were on that island? Mine. Comes in, takes over, kills a lot of them, steals all their magic, and makes his undead empire so Mm -hmm. what you've got is an empire which is populated with yes there's humans they're a bit messed up yes there's there's trollkin ogryn all the living races are pretty much there Mm. but they're all messed up because torque is almost like radioactive in this setting so Mm -hmm. it's a magical blight which permeates the land, gets into people. It gives them a bit of a mutation. So humans there have completely black eyes, their teeth sharpen. They've got scabby skin in places. They've got elongated nails. It's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a whole hierarchy of a priesthood. And as you go up it, the only way to get promotion is to become undead. Of course, there are two ways <laughs> of becoming undead. There's becoming undead and losing your entire mind and soul and just becoming a subservient, you know, wretch, as Mm. it were. Or you're gifted it and you are more of a lich or something similar. Now, take all that idea. We've so far talked about undead, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's undead-like skeletons that have been inscribed runes that are animated. Okay, there's undead that have been stitched together. We get that. And there's obviously going to be some alchemy in there. But take that and mix it with the dark arts of combining necromancy with warjacks and that kind of technology. So rather than thralls like zombies, you've got zombies with giant mechanical fists. Mm. You've got basically very horrible revenant mechanics that have replaced their legs with mechanical spindly spidery legs that go around stitching people together on the battlefield and adding mechanical bits to them from a destroyed warjack. You've got this really weird kind of Frankenstein's monster kind of thing going on as well. And then they start making warjacks. So obviously Torok and his minions stole the technology to make warjacks and combined that with, well, let's not use steel, let's use bones, these bones that we've dug up of ancient big 
dinosaurs and mm. stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a pretty horrible place to live. And there's some really cool mm. like species, you know, heritages to play because you've got humans still. Yay. So we detail a bit more about what it's like to be them. Mm-hmm. We've got the Satixis, who are a species that has these big, like, they're kind of like humans mixed with not centaurs, but they've got very big goat-like horns coming up their head. Now, their depiction in the war game before this edition was they were all female. There was some reason they were always all female. Mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say there was a bit of cheesecakiness uh, approach in the design back in the day. Sure. And part of this edition was to readdress that fact. So now you Good. can play them as male and female or anything in between because Iron Kingdoms is, you know, equal opportunities in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've also got Ogryn and the bits that I had a hand in writing. Mm. I didn't write this bit is we can play Revenants. That means you're playing sentient, physical, undead. Mm-hmm. So if your character dies as a human member of, of the Nightmare Empire, you could come back because someone might stitch you back together. Or you can play as a spectre, so you can play as a ghost, which is really fun. Yeah. And the reason I found this fun is because, so you could play a ghost, but of course the Iron Kingdoms is huge and and Mm. ghosts come back for lots of reasons. So Mm -hmm. you could play a ghost character in the Iron Kingdoms as part of another faction, origin, whatever. They don't have to be part of the Nightmare Mm. Empire in that way. We've got blood witches as a new class. So that's kind of like gun mages, but where you like you're, you're using your blood to do magic and a whole load of new subclasses in there as well. Like there's loads and adventuring companies, so there's smugglers. There's a lot in this book as well. That's not just about the undead empire, but it's also about going, you know, naval going, you yeah. know, traveling at sea, etc. And then you got Necrotite, which is the other thing I'll talk about, which is the other weird thing, is you might think, oh, how do the, how do the undead power all their uh, wonderful warjacks? There's this material called Necrotite, which is basically when you're on a battlefield somewhere or there's somewhere that's had a lot of death, mass graves, all that horrible stuff, all the death energy sinks into the earth, coalesces and forms Necrotite, which is basically like coal, but you need less of it and it burns hotter. And, oh, and also when you burn it, it's completely bloody toxic. So, mm. so my input in this book was a few classes, a few heritages, and also trying to really get into what is it like to live in this bloody place? Terrible like, place, absolutely. <laughs> and also the people that live in the islands nearby who are not even part of the empire, they're just dealing with pirates and stuff. So I've, yeah. we've got this real feeling of like, you know, when you look at how... I would say in the olden days, how maybe people would have lived on the fjords around Norway or or Mm. Iceland and that thing is trying to think like, how did they exist on the coastline? Like what would they have venerated? What would have they done day to day and Mm. inject that into it? And then also think about there's these cities that are ruled by the pirates. Well, how does that actually work day to day? It's basically it's mobsters, you know, there's a form yeah, of law it's, it's but pirate it's, code right <laughs> yeah so that's what that book is it's chock with things as new spells obviously if you want your character to come back from the dead mm. this is the book for it because coming back from the dead in iron kingdoms is incredibly hard right like i mean healing healing magic is bad enough it's few and far between 
when you were writing for this book, where did you get inspiration from? Like you, you talked about you were doing bits of classes, bits of background and stuff like that. But obviously this whole setting is up top as well. You obviously got your undead stuff and you've got your pirate themed stuff. Is there, was there particular like uh, things you, you mentioned that obviously then like trying to imagine what it would be like if you lived like, like you said, like in those sort of times, but was there any particular books or particular films that you went to for inspiration? Oh, um, let's think. I mean, it would be wrong of me not to think to like think of like things like Pirates of the Caribbean is like a huge yeah. is a huge reference point, and that's mm-hmm. like if you can replicate that kind of feel, and that's mm. the important point of that. Can you have a game about playing characters from the Nightmare Empire and explain what that life is, mm. and get that feel of of Pirates of the Caribbean without? being like, and every day there's murder, death, and horrible things. Right. Like, we get your characters are horrible. We're going to move. <laughs> we're going to deal with what, what's really doing. We don't mm. need to know what they do day to day because that's gross. I mean, there was a lot of, like, I would say, especially for, like, how the human societies aren't part of the Nightmare Empire. I think mm. there was a lot of just research about how people live in coastal regions and mm. you know the type of food they would eat you know the, the there'd be kelp and there'd be you know the type of um like whales and mm-hmm. all, all that kind of like what what do, the, what do you make for a whale like what what if you what can you harvest from the body of a whale to survive in mm. a pretty harsh climate again mm. think about what the climate would be mm-hmm. what that would mean for their their hovels you know are they going to build from wood are they going to build from stone we're not going to build from wood because like it's going to rot really quickly yeah unless they did something about it with the design of say the the more undead characters and so Mm. forth so obviously there's already a a touchstone with the war game like we have pistol wraiths they're this iconic like these gunfighter ghost models and they're totally kick-ass and it's like right if i can't make that playable I've failed. So <laughs> that was my that was the core build I was aiming for. Anything else that's possible with the Spectre class around that mm-hmm. is the icing on the cake. So the challenge there is like, how, how do you deal with a ghost? Like, what happens when they go to zero hit points, mm-hmm. or how do you attack them? So there was a lot of thinking about like, where is their equipment? Because do they pick up items and it immediately becomes ghostly? And things like that. So what we've got in there, and you know, I have to obviously recognize inspiration from long established role-play games like Wraith, uh, for World mm. of Darkness, especially mm-hmm. the ideas of anchors and things that mean when your ghost dies, like what what is binding them to the world? Mm-hmm. How do they turn things ghostly and keep it on them? Mm-hmm. And the mechanics around that to make it fair? Because they don't be like, well, hold on a minute. If you could turn anything ghostly and you're a ghost, you carry all this stuff and just right. pass through walls, right? <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's completely game breaking. So there had to be yeah. a thought process of how to make that feel fair, mm-hmm. but yet thematic so there's this whole thing about what you get with with specs at least is as they get more powerful they're going to incur veins or curses and things so like you know you'll become more like harmed by daylight or you can't cross like salt or things like that so right the real classic oh, ideas cool. of how you tackle ghosts but make it more playable and also as your character increases and you know in power you kind of tailor your ghost to how you want them to be ghostly if that makes sense yeah definitely 
that was the main challenge with mm. that one. With yeah, like you said, I, I can imagine with specs, like you said, like I can imagine people going, Oh, I can do all this stuff, but actually giving that sort of almost like limitations in a way makes it a better story, a better role-playing thing. Cause like certainly in like folklore and and like you know, um, ghost stories about ghosts anyway, there are certain rituals you have to do to get rid of the ghosts and they can't enter certain places and all that sort of thing. I just yeah, that. That is quite cool. I quite like that as a limitation is not the word I'm thinking of, but just a way to be yeah, like. There's a whole host of things. Yeah, because if you think about it, you're a ghost. Like, there's going to be very few things that are going to hurt you. Like, you know, poisons? Nah. Yeah. Uh, do you need to eat? Do you need to breathe? No. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You've got all these benefits, and it has to be, you have to then suddenly, like, okay, I need to tone this thing down. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not letting this character run around with massive amounts of equipment, ammo, and, and weaponry. Mm-hmm. Part of the balance of that is because the ghosts can be incorporeal for movement, they have to manifest if they're going to like act in a in a offensive way. So if they're going to attack or mm-hmm. or cast a spell. So again, that's a way of balancing things out. Like if you're going to do something, you could be a ghost and no one can hurt you. But the downside is there's very little you can do in that way. There are some spectral powers that you can get. As the character increases, you've got some slots, and slots can be spectral powers or they can be the items that they make part of themselves that are kind of bound right. to them. So mm-hmm. yeah, you could become able to haunt a house, which I think is kind of fun. That sounds <laughs> great. Kind of fun it. <laughs> it sounds pretty awesome. And yeah, it was just that was a lot of fun just trying to figure out how to make that not completely mm. bloody game breaking. Yeah. It'd be really interesting how people build that with the like classes that are out there in the game already. Mm. Like Gun Mage is a classic, but the other one is Ghostly Pirates. Yeah. Uh, they're fun. Or if you did Spectre plus one of the classes that has like a mounted subclass, you've then got kind of like a headless Very horseman cool. kind of deal yeah. going on. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. Uh, all of these things. It's just just playable undead is just, I think, really fun. I think it's fun in D&D because, again, undead is always the, they're the bad guys, whereas mm. we're letting you kind of play the bad guys, which is yeah. a really important fact to point to make out is... Mm-hmm. Part of writing this and part of exploring that setting of playing undead and how they're made and mm. and and it's a pretty horrible kingdom that's there that literally is enslaving people and using them as raw materials for their undead legions mm. is the safety side of play of this because there is mm. some dark topics and again that is a discussion you need to have at the table where you mm-hmm. go right. You're a revenant. I'm a spectre. You're some blighted human, and and you're like some other weird thing. We're all doing horrible things, but we're the heroes of the Crix yeah. Kingdom going off and raiding yeah, um, somewhere. Yeah. Is how to just balance all that. There is a section in this book on safety mechanics and safe play, Good. which I was tasked with, which I think obviously comes back from. Have you played lots of Vampire the Masquerade recently? Yes, I have. It's like <laughs> I know how to, turn, to to talk about this stuff now. Yeah, and again, I have to completely acknowledge the writers behind that work on, especially for V5 and mm-hmm. and similar games with safety mechanics. 
is there anything I would also pick out as a fun class? Yeah. Um, well, or, or did you spot a fun class, actually? Let's say you've flicked through. For me, it's tricky because, I again, I remember from when we did the playtest for, for the previous one that I just really loved Trollkin. So I know that <laughs> not necessarily new. Just all of it in general. I just really enjoyed how... Again, it's just something for me about, like you said, as soon as I was reading it, I was like, yes, I see Pirates of the Caribbean. I see these big ship battles and stuff. And the the closest I have maybe uh, as a D&D equivalent is that there's a, there's a book called Ghost, uh, yeah, Ghost of Saltmarsh. But that is more about here's four adventures uh, placed around the, the sword coast in the Forgotten Realms. And... It's fine. You have your little, you know, coastal town stuff like that. Whereas here, it has that undead element, and I think instantly I just feel like this is your, you know, you, you can have it as your your Halloween stuff, but also you know, turn it up to eleven. Like this is your horror campaign that it has the anti-heroes, has these different elements of it, and it's yeah, there's just something about pirates, and it's just something about undead, and then putting them together, you're like yes. So all of that for me was just ticking boxes, and so I'd play all different classes, and I, again, I like that idea about. Like they said the ghosts and the, the spectres and that sort of thing, that idea of just like, you know, you can do all these things, but at the same time, there's a reason why people don't want to die. There's a reason why people, they're, they're in the state, they want to do yeah. something. So, yeah. It also, I think it's it's interesting how some of the subclasses fit with like the, the main classes. Like, yeah. So we've got for Rogue, we've got like Necrosurgeon because... <gasps> Very they're cool. going out and stealing body parts. <laughs> so you've got like gut, they've got like some abilities, they've got features like gut splitter. Because of course, if you know how to put bodies together, you know how to take them apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like what's it at third level in you've got proficiency in medicine skill and you've got your surgeon kit, and then it's like level what's level nine? Body snatcher. You are good at plucking bits off the off the battlefield. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> when it, it's basically like when someone drops when something drops to zero hit points, your reaction could be you move towards them and you carve off the bits you need. Yeah, you're like ah, <laughs> to then ah. start making a stitch throw. Mm. Like that's a pretty dark character class. Like that again, we say this book is you were playing some horrible characters, but. The very idea that mid mid fight you're like going yoink yeah like you said you need those you need that session zero you need that safety tools yoink I'm gonna take that arm that's yeah, just being chopped off things, you don't you don't need your teeth do you you know like <laughs> so yeah there's there's a lot there with with that and then another book and this is another really good book I feel which is which is where there's a lot of utility I didn't have a hand in this one but it was part of the same Kickstarter as Scoundrel's Guide to the Shard mm-hmm. Islands. Mm-hmm. So this digs a bit more into, okay, so you're going to play Shard Islanders or or characters from Cricks. They're at some point more than likely going to travel the seas of Western Amoran. So mm-hmm. this gives you all the Iron Kingdom's rules. It gives you rules for naval combat. Mm-hmm. It gives you rules for the ships and how to generate them, like festoon them with weapons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, hazards. They're like, what is that? Blighted, blighted jellyfish. I'm like, what the heck is that? Or huge, like, you know, huge monstrous, you know, sea creatures and so forth. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of discussion about like, what you would do traveling the seas, what kind of stories you can get. There's like random island generator in there and magical items you might find out and around. Mm-hmm. And then again, 
there's an expanded beastry. So again, there's there's a whole host of creatures that either you your allies technically, or obviously if you're from another part of the Iron Kingdoms, these would definitely be your antagonists. So there's mm-hmm. a there's something called a brine thrall, which is the big like oh. I think it's like a giant shark with a steam engine, and then its lower mandible is replaced with like a like a, a mangling wheel type thing. It's yeah. And there's a miniature for that as well. I was gonna say I've <laughs> seen a picture of that. Yeah. And that's where we're up to right now. Yeah. It's it's the brine thrall, like it's this sort of almost like like it's described as as a necro shark, but also with with stuff coming off it with like steam and then it's got a horrible maw with an extra thing on it. It's I would not want to face that on the battlefield or in the sea at all. It just ugh, horrible. <laughs> So I think I think with the books we've got out so far, it covers a lot of combined. It mm. covers a large chunk of what we would consider the war machine setting. So what would normally have used to be called just war machine, because war machine hordes as war games. They're I, they're they're now under a single brand banner as just war machine. But what I've described, people who are who know the war games would go okay. We've got Crix, we've got Cadal, we've got Lael, we've got Rule, we've got Signar. That's what we would call the war. That's what we call the war machine setting. And I think if we, at some point in the future, I'm sure we'll get some more information on the Orgoth, because in the war mm. game, they've come back and they're assholes. <laughs> um, and they've got like demon powered warjacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Infernals in the Requiem Core book. Rather than having war warjacks, they summon huge demons. Mm. Um, so I'm sure we'll get some more details on that. So there's a, there's a lot there, and we haven't we haven't even got to the halfway point of the setting. That's amazing. <laughs> That's the ridiculous thing. We haven't even got halfway in the setting. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more to come. Mm-hmm. All I can say at this point, we might we may well be going back to the wilderness and mm-hmm. going a little bit deeper into the woods and mangroves and mountains because there are there are definitely species that we've and, and factions we have not yet um mm. introduced yet into the current edition of Vikings RPG. So mm. you might go, hey Pharaoh, Pigman, they're fun. But then they were basically the, one of the mercenary factions for hordes and mm. the other mercenary faction is Gator men. So we're talking playing Ooh. alligator people. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. And we've got croaks who are like anthropomorphic frog people. And there's, there's so there's a whole host of things and we've yet to explore. So, you know, that that's what I'll say for now. Sure. I don't know the full ins and outs of really yeah. what's coming up, but I would say somewhere back into the wilderness is likely. Mm. And there's still other people we've yet to meet. We've yet to meet the Legions of Everblight at some point. They're mm-hmm. kind of like Toruk, but an offshoot. And they and where the Blight energy has created these small dragon-like monsters who are really weird. And there's a whole Elven offshoot of the Elven race that's been tainted by them. Mm. We've got the Scorn. Mm. And then we've got the Fae. And the Fae are really weird in this setting. So there's a whole cosmology also to do with the demons where magic has come from mm. what's gone on with the elven gods what's going on with the orgoth what's going on with the fey which you can explore within the rpg 
And I think that's where, for people that are new to the setting, that's where there's a lot of like mystery to be explored when you don't have the ability to, you know, like do the typical D&D things like, let's go to a different dimension. The other thing I was going to ask you about, Chris, was um, because I know there's another book that came out uh, with the Kickstarter, um, Tales of the Blackwater Cantina. Now, I don't know, obviously, how much influence you had in that was to play out, but do you know anything about the adventures that were sort of detailed in that? Oh, yeah, I didn't have a hand in it. Because uh, I know, obviously, with the previous, with the Call cool Requiem one, obviously, you, ha- you were talking about it before, the legend of the, the Witchfire. This one now has, obviously, four different adventures about the Nightmare Empire. And it's, I, I, just because I couldn't find a lot of information about it. What I can definitely say about it is, it's a book of four scenarios. It's mm-hmm. definitely that. Yeah, Kind of like you go to the cantina and someone gives you a bloody job. So these can all be played as separate one-shots, or mm-hmm. you can string them together in any order to create a campaign. Essentially, you know, you get your job, you can go off and have horrific adventures. Um, <laughs> that's basically the point of it. There are also a few PDFs also to download for Iron Kingdoms that expand a few things. There's a few new archetypes. Oh, so cool. there's the Man of War, so that's for Kador. They're these, you know, we've talked about Warjacks. Yes. Kador don't have light warjacks mm. they have people in steam-powered armor that's quite heavy yes yeah. so they're, they're called man of wars we've got black clads they are a particular type of druid that live out in the wilderness and control war beasts like giant werewolves and and other creatures out in the woods there's the devourer host so that's another pdf which is another species type which is the tharn how do i describe the tharn I can't really describe them at the moment, but anyway, they're able to uh, they're able to do some shape shifting. So again, they're quite druidic, and they are oh, allies cool. of the black clad. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a new mechanic archetype, which is all about storm engines. That's utilizing lightning and weather manipulation. And there's a free RPG day PDF that came out this year, and I don't know whether it's available to download yet or to buy, but I believe. It is about the strange light workshop. So you know how we've been talking about spectres and the mm-hmm. undead empire and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The strange light workshop is a group of individuals who have basically go ghost hunting. So they've got these mechanica that projects a light that allows you to cause the manifestation of spirits, and these spirits could be ghosts or fae-like creatures, or I guess also demons, and they go out busting those ghosts. That's basically what I'll say. Amazing. And when you consider you've got that with the kind of pseudo kind of Victorian setting, Dickensian Victorian setting of of War Machine, with cities like Corvus, which is literally the city of ghosts, you've got... Tons of fun you can have. And I think also it gives you a way of interact, knowing you can do that. And I and this is one thing to say, coming back to Iron Kingdoms, is we've talked a lot about like very martial characters, horrible things that destroy legions of, of soldiers on the battlefield. But you can play a game with characters and play very procedural, investigative games, very political games, because... The, the kingdoms, the societies are in are very close in some respects to what we would consider the norm. They're not 
they're not feudal societies like we're not talking game of thrones kind of deal we're talking really like someone's going to pay their taxes there's a tax collector and he gets knifed by someone go sort it out or there's industrial espionage because some baron who controls a refinery is like oh i need to hire someone because someone's stolen my plans for this go sort it out or you know there could be why is this mine not producing as much output as it should do it could be sabotage or is it because there's a certain type of undead that live in the mines because there is also that so i think you can do all that i mean heck you could even do given that we've got the borderlands beyond book and we've got trolking and stuff you can do also westerns with this there's a bit of the Amazing. there's a bit of the setting which is right between where the iron kingdoms is and the bloodstone marches and it's like that region is basically you know nevada kind of like area where it's going to be rooting tooting cowboy hat wearing trollkin who are going to be trying to figure out who's stolen all the buffalo from some farm literally that could be your scenario and i have have run something like that with mike when we played the uh, mike who's on dark days we ran the it was something like the good the bad and the pharaoh amazing what a great name Really, and I think at the end of it, at the end of it, they they established that they had been made sheriff and deputy of the town. <laughs> like it was ridiculous, but that's you can have a lot of fun with this. Yeah, I I love how yeah I I can now I'm just imagining having your own sort of Red Dead Redemption, but then also that that the DLC of like Undead Red oh, Dead yeah. Redemption. You know, <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned that because like I've never played Red Dead Redemption. I've played mm. the the newer version, which mm-hmm. I'm, which is great, right, I, yeah. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. But I never bought Red Dead Redemption. Oh. I bought Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare specifically <gasps> because that's hilarious. And the, the snippets in it where they're like, "I'm just gonna go down this dark, dark yeah. and lonely street," and you're like, "Yeah, you are." And <laughs> that would be such a brilliant starting point yeah. for like running a. Iron Kingdoms game where you're just like, we're gonna go to the town. Why is the town being invaded by zombies? Exactly. That's your start. And and everyone's armed with like six shooters and a stick of dynamite's being chucked. And then you find out what's going on. And then oh no, the, the mayor, he's actually been dabbling in the dark arts. Yeah. Um, and that's as much as you maybe even have to delve into the Iron Kingdom setting. Like exactly. you don't need to go. You could do such a thin, a thin slice with that, mm-hmm. with characters playing a trollkin, you know, a dwarven character and a few humans and whatever. Ah, that'd be really fun to do as well. <laughs> that'd be really fun to do, actually. It, it now reminds me of the that Red Dwarf episode where they've got they're in VR and they go into that that oh, western coming of the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I just think it's that that sort of humour about it, and yeah, I I I've only got so far into Red Dead Redemption two, and then I haven't been back to it. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where you can just get so immersed in those games, and I think that yeah, I think Iron Kingdoms would be perfect for that, and yeah, with the undead element as well. I think you could just have so much fun in that. All I was going to end on is like, because um, obviously I appreciate the Kickstarter is now over for uh, Nightmare Empire, but where could we find out more updates or where can we pre-order this expansion? Where can we find out more about your work? And is there any any projects that you want to talk about or can talk about uh, that we can look out for? 
okay, right. So if you basically go to home.privateerpress.com and go to news, you will find all the updates there about Iron Kingdoms uh, mm-hmm. and also about War Machine, because there's also new miniatures coming out for War Machine, which is mm-hmm. brilliant. I just got some in the post. They're lovely. So that's a great thing as well. You go, oh, I want to play as this character. You can buy, you can generally buy a miniature to represent your character and you know do a bit of kit bashing. You should be able to find from there or on the Facebook page is also a good place to look. There should also be some, there might well be some downloads. You can listen to Primecast that goes on YouTube as well. That's private press's like podcast update of what's going on. Then other stuff, if I take off one hat and put on the other hat, uh, if you're interested in uh, Wrath and Glory, so that's a Warhammer 40k RPG from Cubicle 7. I've worked on on a number of upcoming books, one I can't mention at all. I cannot mention at all. Um, but we've got Threat Assessment Xenos, which is, a, which is the long-awaited beastry book for Wrath and Glory. So that's just a whole bookload of horrible creatures from the 41st millennium to uh, face antagonists. There's also the, it's the Eldari source book. So this contains more classes, uh, I say classes, more archetypes play Eldari characters. So, you know, you've got playable aspect warriors from the craft world. You've got playable Drakari witches and Kabbalite warriors and other horrific character types from from the Drakari. Um, if you really want to play the Hellraiser RPG, that might be the place to go. Um, you can also play as Har- I think you play- playable Harlequins. Yep, and playable Corsairs. So they're kind of the pirate Eldar. So again, you know, lots of new rules, equipment, archetypes, etc. For that. The thing that I didn't work on, but I do think is particularly exciting, is we are getting closer to physical print run of the Wrath and Glory starter set. So, you know, Cubicle 7 does these really nice boxed starter sets. Mm -hmm. The thing I'm really excited about also, and I'll say because I I like promoting Cubicle 7's work as well, like Cubicle 7 Private Press, because it's like my two favourite types of war games. I think it's called Imperium Maledictum. Don't quote me on that name's pronunciation fully. So what they're doing, I find this really interesting, because you've played in Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. Mm-hmm. It's pretty grim and brutal. Yep. Wrath and Glory is a bit more high-octane. Yep. So this new 40k RPG is not replacing Wrath and Glory. It's basically going, you want to play more procedural, gritty, low-rung humans doing stuff. That's the book. So it's percentile-based system 40k mm-hmm. RPG. So it's more akin to Dark Heresy, which was the previous 40k RPG Mm. that was out years ago. So the fact that you're getting that from the wheelhouse of Cubicle 7 who maintain Warhammer Fantasy roleplay, I think is a good thing. So it's going to be terribly... I'm I'm excited to see it, and I'm not even bloody working on it. So (laughs) the moment I, fingers crossed, get tapped to write for something for that, I'm going to be uh, picking muck kind of uh, scenario with that. And then, obviously, the other thing to promote is Dark Days Radio. There's a lot going on Dark Days Radio. We've got Dark Hammer. We are talking currently about the Chaos Gods and how mm-hmm. to represent them in the Warhammer world, RPGs, and also perhaps how you play as their followers. So that's mm-hmm. some fun, dark content. So far, we've covered Corn <laughs> and Nurgle. God help us when we get to Slanash. I was going to say, Oh, yeah. my God. We've got a review out for Hunter the Reckoning 5th edition. So that's 
we call it fifth edition because it runs off the Vampire the Masquerade fifth edition rule set. Right, right, right. And then Crystal is hmm. doing what? Crystal is running, is doing her series on how to get into freelance writing for RPGs. Hmm. So she's done a few episodes so far with various guests chatting about that. That's yeah, that's everything going on. It's yeah. uh it's yeah. a busy time for you. You I have always referred to you it's as my lot. friend who's the most busiest man in RPGs. And I'm sure I'm sure other people are busy, but every time I ask you, there's been no, there's so people more stuff. busy than that. I don't, I don't know. I, I, well, I, it's I'm not, not my day job. <laughs> no, but I, I'm always very excited to to hear about what you've got on and stuff, because it's always just so interesting and like because it's such a different world to what I know. And so I always find it fascinating and the fact that you're so passionate about it. And obviously you've got all these gigs and stuff. Though, so I'm like, ah, exciting for, for that. So, but uh, Chris, if we wanted to find out more about you, like if you, what your upcoming project are, do you have oh, yes. like a website or do you have a Twitter? What have you got going on? For all podcasts, Darker Days Radio content, go to www.darker-days.org. You'll find all the episodes there. You can find that on Twitter at Darker Days Radio. Same for Instagram, Facebook and various social media and we will be doing some iron kingdoms based series soon i am sorting out assets for that and then my personal stuff is www.christopher-handley.com effectively you can find the list of the stuff i've worked on <laughs> and it's growing yeah <laughs> uh the other thing i will plug is out on the Storyteller Vault currently as a new release is All Our Graves Are Empty, which is a Vampire the Masquerade 5th edition playable Sabbat scenario. Mm -hmm. It can act as an introductory scenario. It's quite a bit of a toolbox of a scenario. So some of the scenes you can use in different ways, set them in different places. And so I co-wrote that with uh Kaldun Kiel, who uh has worked with Renegade and Paradox on Vampire the Mass Road on the Sabbat book for that game and other things. So that was a lot of fun to write because the Sabbat are obviously um horrific. Yep. Um, <laughs> and that's everything. Chris, thank you so much for talking to me about yourself. I yeah, Iron Kingdoms, I just really enjoyed the setting and like this undead stuff, can't wait to, to try it out. So, so thank you very much. Yeah, well, we should get, uh, like I say, get a stream game going at some point, or at least do something with it because it's fun. I, I think, I think, I think you've 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 set it up already. I think we're gonna have to do a bit, a, bit, a little bit of cowboys, a little bit of zombies, <laughs> a little bit of rooting, tooting, trolling. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. I love that. <laughs>